Today's show is made possible by Fittery. You've probably purchased some dress and casual shirts online before, and sadly, you've probably had to return many of those items because they just didn't fit. Now, you do realize, of course, that billions are spent returning all of these poorly fitting clothes, right? Well, the madness can stop. The hassle of having to return all of this stuff can stop. Well, this is where Fittery comes in. They've devised a process by which you can almost guarantee that the dress and casual shirts you buy online will fit. And from brand names you'll recognize, Brooks Brothers, J. Crew, Land's End, Ralph Lauren, to name just a few. And they're adding more brands every day. Now, I myself use Fittery, and setting up my account was very simple and took almost zero time. Just go to fittery.com intrepid, complete the quick size tool, and you'll soon be ordering dress and casual shirts that actually fit. Again, that's fittery.com intrepid. You'll love Fittery, and you'll actually enjoy and look forward to ordering clothes online again. All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey everybody, welcome to HR Latte. This is Rayanne Thorne and I'm continuing my series with guest Josh Berry. Hey Josh, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Rayanne. Thanks for having me back. I know that you are producing this really great series about HR killing your innovation efforts, and we're going to pick apart that series that you're producing and talk a little bit more about that topic, about HR, about innovation, and all the great and not so great things that are happening between these two things that especially those of us that work in HR HR technology think, oh, how could HR possibly be killing innovation efforts? You know, innovation needs to be there to help HR. A lot of times we figure out, though, that along that way, HR isn't always assisted by technology. And so now we're hearing something a little bit different. The opposite is HR hindering innovation. So in this part of the series, Josh and I are going to be talking about incentives. So I want to kick this off, Josh, because one of the things that I've heard you say and write, seen you write, is that HR needs to look at restructuring incentives and metrics HR needs to understand that they are possibly responsible for this type of problem. They need to look at themselves differently. Let's attack that part first in this quick hit podcast and talk a little bit more about that. What do you mean by HR needs to look at itself differently? Sure, Rand. I think that many times, and this is not true of all HR departments, so I want to put that footnote there at the very beginning. But for a lot of human resources or talent departments or people services groups, they see themselves as the protector and and, in the past was always the risk mitigator, if you will. And innovation many times is all about giving people the opportunity to be able to fail, to be able to try, to be able to take risk, to be able to learn. 
you know, one of the things that we mentioned, I think, at the first podcast was that uh, not everybody in the organization needs to behave or think that way. And so, so, so don't think that we need to create total anarchy and chaos in terms of everybody needs to be way more innovative. But for those individuals who are specifically tasked to be thinking about truly disruptive business ideas or new products, they do need to be incentivized and compensated appropriately. And human resources professionals who know how strongly the right incentives and, and compensation can drive the desired behavior are right at the, the forefront of being able to have a significant impact on innovation in this way. Okay, so if we insist that HR needs to look at itself differently, I mean, we, we know this. We know this from talking about it, writing about it for years. You've been involved with it. I've been involved with it. Many of our listeners have been involved with trying to shift the thinking of HR and how they view themselves, where they lie within the organizational structure of a business, right? It's, it has shifted. It has changed. So let's touch on incentives now. One of the things that you have written is that most internal performance incentives are based on short-term objectives resulting in managers and employees being incentivized. So give us an example of what that would be like. What is a short-term objective? and Maybe what are the incentives that would lie in place for that? Sure. I think a classic example is uh, being responsible for quarterly uh, profit and loss. Again, absolutely essential for the vast majority of managers or leaders in an organization. But to hold the team who's accountable for innovation or a brand new product that's not even proven to the same uh, profit and loss types of criteria is really a detriment to what they're doing, as well as moving to that too quickly. I'll give you a great example. Uh, there is a, a company that I was working with who works a lot with schools. They, uh, through their innovation team, came up with the idea to actually create uh, an easier way for families to be able to get school supplies directly drop shipped to their door. So no more going to Target, going through the list for, for Miss Smith's classroom and picking everything off the shelf. Just through one click, you can have all their erasers and pencils and everything drop shipped directly to your door. So they were able to test that out with 20, 30 schools. And there was a big rush right away from the parent organization to start to say, great, now that you've actually proved there's revenue there, where's the profit? And so if you had bonuses or if you had a performance goals that were linked to potential salary or compensation increases that are too quickly attached to profit, uh, you could start to short circuit that because that particular organization, when they were only at 20 or 30 schools, they were still having to learn so much about if this was a viable business and and what the right way to do the business even would be. And so um, that's just one small example of maybe too quickly jumping to focusing on giving people strong P&L incentives when maybe you need to be focusing more on other aspects of the business model at that time. And that makes perfect sense. I think we forget when you're with an organization that is driven by innovation, that is driven by trying something new, being flexible, being agile in their efforts to grow and create a company that is different, that is the quote unquote unicorn in their particular arena or marketplace. We can sometimes push too hard and forget that we need to slow down a little bit. Let's understand that it takes a little bit longer than normal. We're going to take a quick break in this Key Point podcast. But when we come back, we're going to talk about structuring incentives a little bit differently. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. 
Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software by HR for HR. Hey, everybody, and we are back continuing this Key Point podcast with my guest, Josh Berry. Josh, before we jump back into our topic, just I forgot to allow you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So, could you do that real quickly? Sure. My name is Josh Berry. I live in Nebraska. Uh, currently, I own and, and, and am a primary consultant on a corporate innovation team in which we help uh, mid and large size organizations understand and execute on innovation uh, through a lot of training and consulting and research. Many times that touches into strategy and tactics, but also culture, which is kind of where uh, this whole passion for trying to understand HR's role in innovation is. Before that, it's been well over a decade working uh, in specifically talent acquisition consulting and helping out with assessments and organizational design strategy and whatnot uh, for, for a variety of different industries. Josh, you and I have known each other hard to believe now for a year. I met you in Nebraska, the Silicon yep. Prairie, <laughs> yep. as, as is it is being called, in Omaha at Social HR Camp just about a year ago. And you've been a guest a couple of times on HR Latte because I love your focus. I love what you are talking about, what you are writing about. And to wrap up this particular Key Point podcast, I want to ask you one last question, and that is about structuring incentives. So you have said that HR needs to look at structuring incentives and metrics to support innovation's longer time horizon. So what does that mean? And can, let's talk about another example. Can you give us an example of, of a restructuring of those incentives? Sure, sure. I'll give you kind of two examples of it. And they both come back to that old adage, I think, that we use as HR professionals, that what gets measured gets repeated. And so you want to figure out what is the behavior that you want repeated at, at which particular stage. And so we've helped a couple innovation teams understand that at those early stages where you're, where you're asking more should we do this idea? Not how to do this idea, but really running the tests and experiments to understand should we pursue this idea? You can still use traditional uh, milestone or performance objective uh, type goals and attach those to compensation, but they're more unique metrics. They might be metrics like number of ideas considered, or it might be things like uh, on a particular idea, how many unknown to known assumptions do you have? And specifically, we can talk about that in another episode, but that's specifically saying, here's the things that I'm assuming are correct of why we should do this. Now, how quickly and how efficiently am I going through and checking off and, and getting more clarity around some of these primary assumptions around the business model? So those are, those are metrics that you can use that you can drive the types of behaviors uh, that you might want. Uh, the second example that I'll use is many times when you're getting people who want to lead these projects, they are more entrepreneurial-minded. And so they want to be a part of the upside of something going big. And so just treating them uh, in a traditional way and giving them a flat salary uh, is difficult. Yet at the same time, depending on the structure of your corporation, it may be difficult to give them equity like you might if you were in a particular startup. And so some organizations are starting to figure out unique twists on profit sharing. Again, going back to that earlier point that maybe profit isn't the first goal right out of, out of the gate. But 
creating unique ideas around profit sharing uh, or, or phantom stock or other ways to still allow people to take part in the upside, hopefully a couple of years down the way, if they've been able to validate something that's extremely valuable. Josh, it's so great to have you on HR Latte talking about this. We're going to be continuing this series, Is HR Killing Your Innovation Efforts? And I'm going to be putting this out for the world. And I would love for the world, anybody that has any questions or interest in this topic, to send in some questions. This is going to be an ongoing series. So far, we have eight scheduled, but it could conceivably last a little bit longer. As you know, Josh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to this topic. Our next Key Point podcast will be talking about failure and the fear of failure and how innovation can be a messy, messy process. So we'll we'll attack that topic next time when we continue this series on Is HR Killing Your Innovation Efforts? Josh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Rayan.